You are listening to the weekly sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church in Canton, South Dakota. We're a church that strives to make disciples of Jesus Christ who make a difference. To learn more, visit us at cantonsdumc.org. And now, here's Pastor Clay. To honor all copyright restrictions, certain elements have been edited out of this message. So let us hear, with that in in the back of our heads, let us hear the Gospel of John in chapter 8, verses 1 through 11. I read from the Good News Translation, which is the same translation as your pew Bibles. So if you wanted to follow along, it's on page 135 of your pew Bibles this morning. Scripture tells us, Then everyone went home, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early the next morning, he went back to the temple. All the people gathered around him, and he sat down and began to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman who had been caught committing adultery, and they made her stand before them all. Teacher, they said to her, or they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. In our law, Moses commanded that such a woman be stoned to death. Now what do you say? They said this to trap Jesus so that they could accuse him. But he bent over and wrote on the ground with his finger, As they stood there asking him questions, he straightened up and said to them, Whichever one of you has committed no sin may throw the first stone at her. Then he bent over again and wrote on the ground. When they heard this, they all left one by one, the older ones first. Jesus was left alone with the woman still standing there. He straightened up and said to her, Where are they? Is no one left to condemn you? No one, sir, she answered. Well, then Jesus said, I do not condemn you either. Go, but do not sin again. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be holy and acceptable to you. For you, O God, are our rock, and you are our Redeemer. And we give you thanks for who you are as we say together, Amen. In my circle of clergy friends, there is a universally practiced rule for how we handle situations when one of us finds ourselves in a social setting that we do not want to continue to be in. It plays out like this. We are a bunch of pack animals, and so we gather and we go to events together. Whether it's the bishop's event back in January to meet Bishop Planbeck, or if it's annual conference, we all just go together. We travel in a pack. It's just what we do. But inevitably, because we are who we are, one of us gets separated from the pack and drawn into a conversation with someone. And this can lead to conversations that we don't want to be in. And sometimes the signs are clear that we do not want to continue to be in the conversation, but other times the signs aren't as clear. And so our friends practice a consultation, where one of them will go to the other one and say, ooh, who's Clay talking to? He doesn't look like he's happy. And then the person can either say, oh, that's Nancy, a lay person from his previous appointment, or they can say, ooh, yeah, I don't think he does look happy, let's go rescue him. And so they'll come up to me and the person I'm talking to, and they'll say, hey, can I talk to you over here for a little bit? 
And then I have the option of saying, oh no, this is my friend Nancy, I'll catch back up with you later. Or I can say, sorry Nancy, I have to go, I need to go enter into this conversation. It was great catching up with you, I'll talk to you later. Because we're pastors and sometimes we're too nice to just walk away from a conversation. Uh, we kind of feel a little bit trapped sometimes. And so we discovered this path to rescue. And sometimes the conversation on the side is for larger context of what just happened or why the conversation was going the way that it was, and sometimes not. But we have decided as a group of friends to stay together so that no one gets abandoned. And if you're wondering, since this process is so codified, one could assume that this rule came from the place where all great rules come from, the place of experience. And you'd be right. At a social gathering a few years ago, there was some very serious harm done to one of our friends who got trapped in an awkward and inappropriate conversation. And even though we all saw the conversation happening and not going very well, we had the consultation and said, ooh, it looks like she's not happy in that conversation. And then we did nothing. There was no rescue, and harm was done. And so we made this plan. We go together, and no one gets abandoned. In our scripture for this morning, Jesus is following, and maybe not even following, maybe Jesus is instituting this rule that my circle of friends and I have. In our scripture this morning, Jesus is rescuing someone who is caught in a social interaction that is awkward and inappropriate and one that she does not want to be in. In our scripture for this morning, Jesus rescues, but it's even bigger than you might think. See, what happens is that the teachers of the law and the Pharisees, ever the antagonists, are, have cornered this woman. And maybe it's a long, cool woman in a black dress. We don't know that for sure. They've cornered this woman who is in the act of committing a sin. And the Pharisees and the teachers of the law see this as an opportunity not to, like, help her course correct and help her get her life together. No, they see this as an opportunity to use her as a means to their end. And their end is always to embarrass or discredit Jesus. And they think that they have found the perfect opportunity. They have found a woman who is clearly guilty of an unlawful act according to the law of Moses. And not only that, she's guilty of something that strikes at the tension between the Jewish law she would have had to follow as a Hebrew woman and the law of the Romans that would be instituted and she'd have to follow for political reasons. They think that they have found this perfect opportunity. They trapped not only this woman, but they're about to trap Jesus. Two birds with one stone. See, they come to Jesus and they say, this woman has done this thing and it's unlawful, and we say that she's supposed to be stoned to death. What do you think, Jesus? 
And if she's guilty under, under the Mosaic law, under the law of Moses, as they are so quick to point out, she deserves the death penalty. But if she's guilty of the death penalty, of something that's punishable by death, and if Jesus signs off on it, he will have broken the Roman law. Because only the Romans were able to carry out capital punishments. The Jewish people couldn't do it. And so this had this domino effect that the the teachers of the law and the Pharisees knew. If Jesus broke this Roman law, they would finally have some opportunity to drag him in front of Pilate and maybe even get him put to death too. And that feels juicy enough, right? The scribes and the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, are ready to strike at this opportunity because they can trap Jesus and maybe even kill Jesus all by using this woman. But then it almost gets better. Because if Jesus does not condemn this woman who is clearly guilty under the law of Moses, if Jesus does not condemn her, Jesus will have damaged his own credibility. Jesus will have damaged his reputation as a rabbi. And this would mean that his movement, this movement that is picking up steam and causing all kinds of problems for the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, this movement would end. They will have gotten rid of Jesus one way or another, and all it cost them was the life of this woman. That's what's happening in their minds and in their hearts. But did you notice that I said it almost gets better for the Pharisees and the the teachers of the law? It almost gets better. Because they kind of forgot who they were dealing with. Jesus is present. And the good news about Jesus being present is that Jesus has a larger vision for the situation that is bigger than the tunnel vision of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. I mean, this woman was guilty of what she was accused of. That is an indisputable fact. But Jesus also knows what everyone else knows. Jesus knew that they were all guilty under the law. Jesus knew that none of the people in that crowd gathered on that day had obeyed every single letter of the 613 laws of Moses. And just because the woman had done something unlawful does not make any of them any less guilty. And so Jesus gives the Pharisees and the teachers of the law what they want. Almost. Jesus gives the Pharisees and the teachers of the law what they want along with a few conditions. In response to this whole situation, Jesus says, go ahead and stone the woman. She did what she did. And you can almost hear them gasp and start to salivate. But Jesus isn't done speaking because he then says, Only those with no sin can throw rocks. Only those with no sin can can throw the rocks. And nobody moves. 
Nobody can clear this low bar established by Jesus except for one person, Jesus himself. And all Jesus does is sit back down and keep on riding in the sand. The crowds disperse. The crowds leave only the woman and Jesus. Jesus has successfully rescued her from an angry and manipulative and self-righteous crowd. And this poor woman is left in the presence of the one person who could have rightly judged her, the one person who could have rightly thrown rocks at her. But all Jesus says is this, they cannot condemn you. I don't condemn you. And so go and do not sin again. Or to quote the Hollies, don't gotta be scared because you're gonna be spared. Not only did Jesus rescue this woman from justifiable death, Jesus also rescued her and forgave her of her sin. Not only did Jesus reinstate some dignity and integrity in her life, but challenged her to strive for the same going forward. The reality of this text, the reality of who Jesus is, is that Jesus set her free in more ways than she could have fathomed on that day. At the end of that day, which had to have been the most humiliating and terrifying day of her life, she ends the day still in one piece. She ends the day still alive. And even more than that, she ends the day forgiven. Because Jesus was in the crowd. This is who Jesus is. Jesus rescued and forgave this woman in the same way that Jesus rescues and forgives all of us through his death on the cross and his resurrection to new life. And this is a story that we all need to hear over and over and over again, right? This is a story that we need because sometimes the voice in the back of our head tries to tell us that it can't possibly be true. Oh, you don't know what I've done, Pastor Clay. You don't know how long I've been wandering around, Pastor Clay. You don't know. No, a lot of times I don't, but I know Jesus. A lot of times I don't, but I know the grace of God that is present in people's lives. It's a story we need. And it's a story that we can find in a lot of weird places even in a Swamp Rock song from the 1960s. Long, cool woman in a black dress tells the story. I heard an interview from Roger Cook, who wrote this song along with Alan Clark and Roger Greenway, that this is a song about a Prohibition-era FBI agent who was downtown on a Saturday night working for the FBI. And he is working to shut down bootlegging, and, uh, he, and he's, all is going well until he meets an attractive female bootlegger and decides to let her go because she had it all. And, like, I want to be honest with you, these are not the same motivations. Like, 
Jesus' motivation is much bigger and much better, right? Like, can we, can we just name that? But yet, this is a story of unmerited grace. This is a story of undeserved rescue. This is an, a story that we can all identify with. Because the reality of our lives, the reality of our world, is that no matter who we have been in life, no matter how we have come to be here today, in whatever condition we find ourselves, the same forgiveness and rescue that Jesus offered to this woman, the same rescue that this FBI agent offered to a long, cool woman in a black dress, is the same forgiveness and rescue that is available to you and to me and to all. We don't have to be a long, cool woman in a black dress. We don't have to be an FBI agent willing to look the other way. We don't even have to have a group of friends that have decided to look out for each other. All that we need is this. All we need is a Savior with a God-sized vision for nuance and complexity and a willingness to take on the evil in the world, even if that evil is the voice in our heads saying that we deserve the stones. All we need is Jesus to experience and to embrace His grace. Would you pray with me? Living and loving Christ, we give you thanks for your forgiveness. We give you thanks for the many stories in the gospel where your forgiveness has been on full display. And the way that you have made your grace known to all of us in ways that are big and unmistakable and ways that are small and imperceptible. Your grace is in and over all things. We give you thanks for the way that life has brought us to where we are. And we give you thanks for the way that you will lead us going forward. Confront the sin in our lives, O Christ. But confront it with your grace. And challenge us as you challenged her so long ago. Go and sin no more. It makes us reliant on who you are. And that is the best place that we can find ourselves. We love you. We serve you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church. Join us in person or online at 10 o'clock every Sunday morning for worship. And now go in peace and serve the Lord. I want to encourage you after the message to head over to our YouTube channel and click the subscribe button. Over on YouTube, you will find videos of our entire worship service, a video cast of our weekly Cut for Time conversation with Pastor Clay and Eric, songs from our praise band One Way Up, and a bunch of other great things as well. Just search for Canton United Methodist Church. It would mean a lot to have you subscribe.